0: Hello and welcome to the Musty Creative Podcast. It's Musting here because we've been working too hard. I am your host, Jesus Nolan, and I'm joined by my co-host, our friend and yours.
1: Michelle.
0: Yes, Michelle is in the building.
1: <laughs> I feel like we need a I need like an intro for my name, because I, I always feel like I just come in.
0: Well, I I gave you an intro right now. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so there is a lot of news uh, this week, right, Michelle? There was like Monday hit, and it was literally like boom, 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 just all over the networks. Mm -hmm. Tons of news from the creative industry. Uh, So we're going to touch a little bit on uh, uh, every single major piece of, of the news, and then after that, we will... Um we'll we'll just touch on the major one that we wanted to get to. And we have our theme for this week and we'll share that with you later. So, I don't know about you, but let's get into the show. You ready? Yes. Awesome. All righty then. All right. That was a great segue. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of the news this week, um, dealt with mainly, uh, the movie industry. And so if you follow the movie industry, you probably already know where I am going. So Monday morning hit. And like I said earlier, there was like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff going on. So first thing that we saw that came out was there was a trailer, right? There were a, there were a couple of couple of trailers. Yeah, a couple. Yeah. So the first one I want to get into that I saw that really like got me going was Toy Story 4 released a teaser trailer. Yeah. So Disney Pixar was like, hey, guess what's coming in summer of 2019? Mm-hmm. The, the continuation that you've always wanted, right? <laughs> yeah, we always wanted a fourth installment of the story. Now, a lot of people are fans that that want to see what happened with little Becky. I think that's her name. The girl that Andy left his toys with in Toy Story 3. Uh We actually bought the Blu-ray DVD that was like a Christmas special that explored Becky and her world and her toys and how they're interacting with Andy's toys. Mm -hmm. And remember, not all the toys got moved over. Some of them stayed over at the daycare center with Barbie and Ken leading the way. But uh, I think Woody, Buzz, um, and the gang went with him to Becky's. So I liked what I saw from the Christmas special. It was like a dinosaur theme. It's like um, the toy, the story that time forgot or something like that. The toy that time forgot. And I thought that was a lot of fun, personally. Yeah. It was like a 20, 26-minute short film.
1: And it had all the same humor that Toy Story usually has.
0: Exactly, exactly. In fact, he had a lot of Rex. And uh, Rex may not be everyone's favorite cup of tea, but it was... It was, I mean, Rex is really funny to me.
1: I like Rex. Yeah, he's got that eccentric humor. His tiny little arms.
0: Yeah, that's like always a ploy. Always <laughs> a ploy. And um, I, I think I think personally he's hilarious. But he is a little annoying because then he's like, you know, oh, oh, no, look out. Like, he's just always freaking out and panicking.
1: Well, I I relate to that. I I, (laughs) I feel like he's my spirit animal.
0: Oh, (laughs) Rex is your spirit animal. That's hilarious. All right. So uh, what did you think about the teaser?
1: it left well i mean it, it it's in the name it's a teaser so it's not giving you like the full idea of what the movie is about but yeah. it definitely left me with a lot of questions and wondering about what the spoon had to do or was it a spork or what was it was it a spoon
0: well okay so we we should preface let's 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 back up a little bit right so the the teaser starts out with them. They're just like this 70s hippie song. They're all like ring around the rosy. And then it says coming summer 2018. 2019. And then this, like, all the toys are there. So you have Jesse, you have uh, Mr. Potato Head, Mrs. Potato Head, Rex, Porky, you know, Woody Buzz, all them. And then this Spork with like a weird shaped like mouth. And then like that little
1: the wire. Wire
0: yeah. hands.
1: Yeah. He's like, I don't
0: belong here. And he's,
1: he's, like, freaking out. Yeah,
0: then. I'm not a toy! And he runs out, and, like, someone grabs him before he pokes his eye out. So, yeah. So, yeah. And from there, you were saying about the spork.
1: Oh, so I was just thinking, like, I don't know if I'm just reading into it, because I'm trying to just figure out what the movie's about or what it, like, because like, this story has to be epic. For them to make a fourth Toy Story, it really has to, like, outdo the other ones, I feel like.
0: But see, that's so where hey, I'm a little scared that it's not.
1: It's not gonna live up to what it. Well, after like.
0: seeing what they put out for Incredibles two, which was a fun and great film,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: it was essentially the same story plot. Yeah. Right, redone.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm a little
0: afraid that you know they're gonna do the same thing
1: here. Yeah. Well, I was thinking like that maybe the story is that things that aren't usually toys can come to life if kids put their imagination into it. Or, like, because it seems like the the spoon wasn't, like, he was freaking out because he's, he he's never been alive before. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not supposed to be here, and he's, like, screaming. Yeah. But it seemed like somebody made him into a toy. Right. And then he came to life. So I'm wondering if that's, if they're going to go into like what makes the toys come to life and right. is it the kid's right. imagination or?
0: Or is it the crater? Yeah. Right? The initial crater like Mattel or something like that. Those are toy makers or Barbie. Yeah. Is that what, is there some kind of magic infused into toys in the toy shop or is it just a kid's imagination? Mm-hmm. All right. So there's a lot of news we want to get to. I will say a uh, question for you, Michelle, what, what's your best guess for the name of the actual toy? Because they didn't reveal the character's name yet. Maybe in the trailer they will, but... Because Sporky would be too easy.
1: <laughs> but it probably... I mean, if, if you can have Rex and Woody and Buzz, mm-hmm. I feel like Sporky wouldn't be too far off.
0: Okay. I'm going to say Captain Hasselhoff. <laughs> just as a random, like, that's, that's just a random thing. Captain Hasselhoff...
1: Professor
0: Fuzzy was something. Oh, I th- I think that with the fuzzy the fuzzy <laughs> hands. Okay, all right. And then here's here's my take on it. For me, I'm I'm super excited for what Michelle said, and I think we're going to explore life and death for toys. Right? We almost oh, we almost got death in in Toy Story three, but now Toy Story Pixar, you can't pull any more punches. You gotta you gotta deliver on real death right which is what they haven't had in this entire series mm-hmm. right they've had abandonment but not pure death and i my guess my theory is that when a child after a while stops playing with you if you stop being played with then you are forgotten right and your toy spirit leaves and you just become a piece of plastic and that's my that's my theory mm-hmm. and part of my my feeling for that is the poster for toy story 4 is a sign of it's 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 just Woody and it's like this dark hue in the the top left corner with one like dim light shining on Woody. He's tipping his hat and he looks very somber, not excited for this new story.
1: Yeah. Well, there's a bunch of memes out now. Yeah. Cuz they're it's like Woody's gonna die, isn't he? And it shows the movie poster with Woody like that.
0: Yeah, I think it, I think yeah. the the leak of it being a quest for Bo Peep might have been a farce. Mm-hmm. I think this is just gonna get into the. It's got to be life and death. There's got to be yeah. some loss. Can toys actually die? All right, there's more news, so we're gonna stop there. All right. So next item. <laughs> yeah, this this actually I was. Creeping out when I first saw this. But
1: I'm excited. But
0: now, yeah, we're both excited. And You're it's excited Pokemon. Now? Yeah, Pokemon Detective Pikachu. I'm still creeped out, but I'm I'm excited to watch this movie. Pokemon Detective Pikachu. <laughs> Yay. Uh, the first official trailer, full trailer, came out on Monday as well. So we were getting it today. Like mm-hmm. Monday was just like, man, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. So uh Michelle, go ahead. You're super excited about this. What what did you like? <sighs>
1: Ryan Reynolds doing the voice of Pikachu.
0: Was very good.
1: It was really unexpected. Because, I mean, in my head, Pikachu is just the Pika thing. Right, right, right. So I've never really pictured, like, any other voice. But just, I don't know, it just... It really threw me off, like, seeing, like, we just, like, talking like a regular person.
0: Well, people at work were saying it's, it's, like, Ted, but just with Pokemon. Yeah. I wonder how adult-themed it will get. But, yeah, continue with what you're I saying. I don't
1: think it'll get, I mean, I think they'll have, like, certain jokes, but I don't think it'll be anything like Ted.
0: Yeah, that Mister Mime though, they're, they're gonna. I feel like they're gonna have a lot more jokes with that.
1: Yeah, because um, you. Could, I mean, when you make the Pokemon talk like they do in this movie, you can add so many more jokes and funny bits.
0: Well, okay, but we're not sure yet how many of them are actually talking. Right now, all we know is that Detective Pikachu uh-huh. is speaking like like a human, or at least the human character can understand what the Pikachu is saying. Yeah. Because in the trailer, then he tries to get other people to listen, and then it's like, Pika Pika, right? I, honestly, that's what sold me. <laughs> he, jumped, he The Pikachu hopped on the tr- on a crate, uh-huh. and it's like, Pika Pika. It's like, oh, you're so cute. It's like, yes, and it's so freaking cute. <laughs> <laughs> I I was like, that was, that's what made me love, because to be quite honest the first opening thing is like, welcome to Rhyme City. And there's like all these Pokemon and it looks kind of like, a, it's literally a shot out of Zootopia, uh, in my opinion, right? Mm-hmm. And then they show like a Psyduck with a young lady who's going to look like she's going to be a sidekick character. And I was like, oh, this is going to be bad. I was, because I there actually has been live action Pokemon stuff before. Um, it was like a fan film and like it was like a Pikachu and an Ash and Pikachu was like, almost dying. It looked terrible. Uh But this is why I'm glad. Like, this is where people need to just wake up and just thank the Lord for computer graphics. (laughs) No, because people were like, oh, computer graphics ruined so many things. You know what? If you don't get computer graphics, you don't get Pokemon. You don't get Pokemon Detective Pikachu. It's amazing. And... This is another thing I really, I really like. The Charizard with the Fire Blast. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a Pokemon that's like frog-like. And I forget its name, but it was doing like some kind of water attack. Psyduck looks like he has like a, a crazy psychic attack. This is going to be good because the action looks good. The the comedy looks like it's on point. The Mr. Mime scene was perfect. <laughs> this is going to be amazing. And I'm really liking the hero character. Uh, I think his name is Justice.
1: Smith.
0: Justice Smith. He's been in other movies before. Um, in fact, he was in a movie that we watched earlier. He was in uh, the second uh, Jurassic World movie we saw this summer. Oh, yeah. I loved him in that movie, and I I, I, I love Jurassic World, too. I know that's not a popular opinion, but I think it was amazing. <laughs> and so I think this is going to be a great film. The fact that he wanted to become a Pokemon trainer, right, That oh, that's what gets me right there because I want to be the very best as well. So, amazing, amazing stuff. All right. So, uh, to end the episode, uh, there was a there was a young man, uh, a young man who had a tragic story on Monday, and it kind of left me thinking about some things. Not because I'm such a diehard fan of this young man, but just because of what it means to me as a, as a creative, as a musty, as a musty creative. And that's the death of Stan Lee. Now, we pride ourselves on this show about remaining positive, so we don't want to just come off and say, "Oh, he died. It's so sad. Let's cry." Um, Michelle and I believe that death is not the end. Mm-hmm. And um, for Stan, I don't know him personally, but I, I, I really, after doing some research about him, I really enjoyed the story of his hard work, how he got into the industry um how he was forward thinking about getting comics and television and Hollywood uh put together. And so I really uh thought Stanley's life was was really great, mm-hmm. uh based on just his creative work. And so uh yeah I thought I thought it was really cool.
1: Yeah. There was a quote that I saw. I'm horribly paraphrasing this. mm hmm but
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's go.
1: <laughs> Here we he go. Mhm. Mhm. But it was like it was I think it was a quote from him, but he was talking about how when he first started, he felt bad that he was just a comic book maker.
0: Yes, yes, because
1: yes. Because he um he was seeing all these other people getting into like the medical profession and all this stuff. So it's like he was starting to compare himself to them and felt like he wasn't making a difference in the world. But then he went on to say that he feels like he actually did more good because he helped people cope with the sadness of this world.
0: Well, well it's, it's
1: a bad paraphrase. Yeah, these. I, I have the article here. Um, Does this, it have that in there?
0: Yeah, from the Hollywood Reporter. So he okay, says, yeah. I used to think, this is a quote, I used to think that, I used to think what I did was not very important. He told the Chicago Tribune in 2014, people are building bridges and engaging in medical research, and here I was doing stories about fictional people who do extraordinary, crazy things and wear costumes. But I suppose I have come to realize that entertainment is not easily dismissed. Right? And I that that ending is something that i've also realized too that you know it's interesting because stanley has been alive since like the 1930s um he's been around for a while and he actually lived through the, the great depression world war Two. i think he was even a soldier he enlisted at some point in in world war Two, um and he's seen it all and so he he has like an old school mentality like hey i uh, you know, we're just we're just making picture books here, <laughs> right? <laughs> we're not we're not uh, we're not saving lives. Moving
1: pictures.
0: Moving pictures. And so, like, but what he what he came to realize, and what I've been reading in in, in, in other books from other writers, that story is a parallel for life. Uh huh. And what he provided uh, through his characters that a lot of people love about Marvel characters is that yes, they're powerful, but they're also flawed. Right? Characters like Spider Man who dealt with the loss of an uncle and how he betrayed his responsibility as a hero, uh, in a moment of weakness. Um, you know, characters like like a Wolverine in the X Men uh series, who is very strong and powerful but loses his way and and also ends up being alone because of certain, you know, factors in his life. Mm-hmm. Um so, uh, characters like Daredevil, who's a great superhero but he's blind, right? Like these kind of superheroes were like were multifaceted, whereas, you know, for a long time, the DC, the counter um, comic superheroes like Superman, who I love, Batman, Wonder Woman, were, were juxtaposed as these, like, great American, you know, do-gooder heroes, whereas, you know, you had in Marvel a little bit, a little bit more gray and a little bit more human re, um, relational, mm-hmm. uh, relatability with the heroes. Um, so there's a lot of great things we can say. Uh, about uh, Stan Lee. Uh, Very interesting stuff that I found out I didn't know that his actual name is uh, Stanley Lieber. So he actually changed his name to Lee later on, legally. And uh, he started with that name when he did his first writing. Um, Now, another thing that was interesting too is I found out that uh, Marvel wasn't the original name. It was uh, another name. And they actually changed it later to to Marvel. So again, just I don't know, really cool stuff about his life. And um, again, it made me think about why why you create. And as as again, as a mussy creative, you know, what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind creatively mm-hmm. when you pass away? And again, if you, if you look at the work that was done. Um, by Stan Lee and, you know, Jack Kirby and, and the rest of the crew throughout the years. Um, You know, they're... I think they left a, a huge legacy on the world um in how we view story, how we look at superheroes, and uh how we enjoy our content today as well.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's interesting because you... You think of death as a sad thing Um, usually because you don't get to experience the things that life is made up of. But I think that's why it's so important that we Really, how do I say this? We need to use the time we have wisely.
0: Yes, yes.
1: If we, like, not just for us to experience things, because that can be selfish at times, but just to create things to actually help other people. Yeah. And to, like, if you really want to make a difference in the world then you can, you just have to work your butt off and you have to not allow things that would normally distract you or make you complacent um, to, like, work past those things and to just work at being excellent every day.
0: Yeah and and again like just looking over Stanley's story um, in 1939 he got a job for 8 dollars a week <laughs> man oh dang 8 dollars a week um, now i remember like money 8 dollars a week was w- worth a lot more back in those days but but that's that's not a lot but he he got a job at uh, marvel's predecessor called timely comics and that's where they changed it later from timely comics to marvel comics uh-huh. um, and he got a job, and he essentially got people's coffee, got people lunches. Like he didn't, he didn't have an actual like position as comic book writer or um, or artist or drawer. Mm-hmm. He he worked his he worked he worked his butt off, and then got an opportunity, and then he made the most out of that opportunity. Yeah. Um, and then the rest is history. Um, and again, like later on in the the seventies and, and especially the eighties, then he he. Started an office in Los Angeles and made, you know, got ties with Marvel and and Hollywood. And that's how I first experienced Marvel as a kid. I didn't experience Marvel through the comics at first. I experienced Marvel through, like, the X-Men series, um, the Spider-Man series. Not the original Spider-Man series, uh, but the Spider-Man series later on in the 90s on the WB, Mm -hmm. KTL-5. And, um, yeah, X-Men, Spider-Man. Were, my, were like the main ones that I got to ex- experience uh, Marvel through. And then later on, The Incredible Hulk had an animated TV show. So, yeah, all that, that's how I got into it. And then obviously, now everyone knows the name of Marvel because of the movies. Mm-hmm. And again, I just want to touch again on on why this is important, right? It's not because people want men or women in tights shooting rays out of their hands. Now that looks cool when you do it right, thanks to computer graphics, <laughs> on a TV screen. But the idea of good versus evil, right? That like that eternal conflict and seeing good win out, justice winning the day, are are things that we need to see in the world, especially when we see a lot of corruption in the real world from our leaders. Mm-hmm. And I think these stories give people hope, especially when you know. For instance, we don't turn to religion as much anymore. We don't turn to philosophy. We don't turn to science. We don't turn to all these different things to find our principles, to find um, our way. And as a lot of people say, we live in a postmodern America, a post-Christian America, where where people are turning away from a lot of the old traditional ideals. And so now we are still looking, as a society, we're still looking for where we get our principles from. But now I believe we're looking at story to see where we get our principles from, what is good and what is right. Mm-hmm. Uh, where are our moral compasses, right? And I think that's also why you have such raging protests when people feel that an author goes against the moral compass that was previously established. Like, for instance, when Josh Whedon made a prima Noctra joke in the, f- the second Avengers movie, um, with Iron Man, which is essentially a, a joke about, he made a joke about rape, um, ancient uh, rape, and people were so upset with him that he got off Twitter and, and he left Marvel and went to DC, and people now are, are, are this furious and they get disengaged because these heroes mean so much more than they did before, because now this is where people, young people, even older people, are saying, hey, see, that's That's how we know what is right because Captain America said this or Iron Man did this or Mm. Black Widow did that. So um, I think writers and authors, creators today, we, we as creatives have such a great responsibility more than ever because with good story comes good society, I believe.
1: I'm gonna say great responsibility. <laughs> no, no, no! I didn't want to
0: be that too too on the nose there. But that that's a great point. That's a great point. And and then again, so so what is what is a creative legacy? I want to leave that as a last question to you, Michelle. What is a creative legacy that we want to leave behind? Hmm,
1: that's a big question.
0: Yes, it is. Yes, it is, ma'am. Yes, yes.
1: Okay. Well, off the top of my head. Or on the tip of my nose, yes, yes, which is where that last statement came from. Um, I guess the legacy that I want to leave behind, not only to show like my children and their children that I I was a strong woman. And I had morals and values, but I also um, I want to leave behind the legacy of using whatever means necessary to give people that are less fortunate than myself or people who are hurting or people who are being abused or whatever the situation is like just to give those people who feel like they don't have a voice to have a voice and and to empower them to realize that they they matter and even if they feel like they're too weak to express themselves or they feel like nobody will listen, that those thoughts aren't true and that they can be heard and that their voices are worth listening to.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So I think just for me and my films so far, I think I've been picking topics. I've been trying to be purposeful with what I pick so I'm trying to pick things that are, like, just topics that people don't talk about much or things that other people are ashamed to talk about or that they they feel like they can't talk about. So I, I just, I don't know, I just, I feel like film is a great way to express yourself when you feel like you can't speak. Okay. So, yeah.
0: Okay. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much for that. Yeah, so... Think about that yourself as a musty, as a musty creative. Um, not just about how stinky you are, <laughs> but in your work that you're doing and what you're <laughs> distributing out to the world. What is that legacy that you're going to leave behind? Are you going to leave the world in a better place or in a worse place? And um, definitely think with with what Stan did. Uh, was he a perfect person? No, he had he had faults. He was human. Um, but I definitely think there's there's a lot that he did that was good. Mm-hmm. And And definitely when I die, I want to be able to have that same, the same belief that I, yes, I was not perfect, but I did do a lot of good.
1: You made the most out of what you had.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. And um, there's a picture going around and I didn't have time to fact check it. So I'm not sure if this is something that he actually wrote, but in the article I was reading, a couple articles, I, I know that there was a, a stand soapbox, and uh, he would have like a, a, essentially just him kind of ranting about something that was important to him. He speaks here about racism. Um, he speaks about the whole idea of just getting you know rid of evil in the world. Um, but I, I really loved some of the stuff that he he ended here. Um, he said, sooner or later, we must learn to judge each other. On our own merits, worthy. Um, sooner or later, if man is ever to be worthy of his destiny, we must fill our hearts with tolerance. For then and only then will we be truly worthy of the concept that man was created in the image of God, a God who calls us all his children. And if that really was him, back in, in December 1968, I mean that's just that's just really amazing um, that he wrote that that he published that that he put his name behind it um, and that's that's something I truly believe in um that we you know I wouldn't say the word tolerance I'd say the word love selflessness that we need to fill our hearts with that and just um that would make the world a better place all right well that's it for today. Uh, I believe we are on episode 7. Is that true, Michelle?
1: I, I've lost track.
0: No, so. actually, episode 8. We're on episode 8.
1: Ah. 8
0: episodes in. Woo! So we really appreciate you guys. Thanks for supporting us. Um, follow us on Twitter at Musty Creative. Uh, follow us on Anchor. The anchor app we're at anchor.fm slash musty leave a review comment and subscribe we're on apple itunes we're on google play store we're also on spotify we're on all of the major podcasting platforms so please find us leave a review comment and subscribe and let us know if you like the content if you like what we're talking about if there's something you want us to change let us know um but leave leave five star reviews that would be great mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Specifically five.
0: Specifically five-star reviews, yes. And uh, that's pretty much it. That's episode eight. There's a lot of creative news. If there's something we missed, come talk to us on the interwebs. Thank you very much. (laughs) This has been the Musty Creative Podcast. And we're musty because we've been working too hard. And we don't even have time to take a shower.